0: And so work-life balance, for a large part, is a misnomer because they're trying to chase work-life balance rather than trying to create the components that will, where the default will be work-life balance.
1: Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now... On with the episode. Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 75. So, following a recent tradition of doing the intro in weird places, today I'm in the garage. Um, Let's see if you can get an audio picture. I have posted a picture of where I'm in the garage. Uh, Here are the tools in here. um, Very echoey room full of stuff. I mean, it's a garage, you know. That's not much else to tell you, really. Um, Hello, Pepper. That's definitely going on the podcast. (laughs) Anyway, never mind all that. This episode features a great conversation with Aaron Morton. Now, Aaron is a personal trainer, but unlike your average personal trainer, Aaron also helps people with their relationship to health, psychology and nutrition. He helps people get better by looking at the bigger picture, you know, not just the stuff that happens in the gym. Now, how would I describe this conversation? I'm a bit rambly, but what I love is I feel like the you kind of get sucked into this relaxing conversation. And then, before you know it, we've covered really significant and helpful topics. We talk about things like what you pay attention to, like your breath, how a framework can free you up to do what's important, you know, the idea that discipline is freedom. And we cover big topics like happiness and confidence and how in Aaron's experience, these things come as a byproduct of other things. And towards the end, we talk about willpower versus habit. Now, that bit came out of the blue. To be honest, if you only take one thing away from this chat, that end part alone is well worth it. Now, as is the case... These days, technology tried to get in the way of making this episode happen in two ways. The first way is there's a few little audio glitches um, in there, but that's the technology we were using, uh, wanted to make an appearance, and it did. But to be honest, I think the content is so good, I don't think it matters. However, we did have a big issue at the start when we'd been chatting for ages, and then I looked down and I noticed that the software hadn't been doing the job that it was meant to do. And we had to start again. Um, Aaron was tremendously patient. And you join us as we hit record for the second time. And this time, thank goodness, it worked. Oh, and come back at the end for an announcement about the future of this podcast. Good afternoon, Aaron. How are you? And where are you?
0: Uh, i'm good and i'm uh, based in cardiff so i uh, so that's where that's where i am at the moment
1: oh fantastic how's the weather in cardiff
0: the weather is overcast uh which is um is better than what it normally is which is raining so uh and uh with hay fever running strong i'm i'm kind of hoping for that rain to to arrive at
1: some point well, I already like your positive attitude. Thank you. It's overcast <laughs> is better than raining. We like positive yes. people on this, uh, on this podcast. Absolutely. Um, thanks ever so much for joining us. Uh, we have got so much to talk about, some of which will feel a bit like deja vu. Um, <laughs> first of all, I have to ask you uh, do you have socks on? I do. I do. Um, I have and what color are your socks? Well, luckily. Uh,
0: they're they're black.
1: They're black. Okay.
0: Yes. They do are.
1: you usually wear black socks every day?
0: I do, I do. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't own uh, many coloured socks. It's, it's all black. I'm afraid
1: uh, to. Uh, don't
0: be afraid. That's... They they, 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 can't, they kind of go for it with everything, don't
1: they? So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Aaron, I'm so excited to talk to you because we'll, we'll get into the detail of it. But um, there appear to be really, really strong um, overlaps between some of the areas you work in and a lot of what we cover in this podcast. You may or may not know, but the, the, the strap line for our podcast is we want to help people get better at the stuff that they have to do so they can then spend more time doing the things they want to do. And mm. at face value, <clears throat> that appears to set up a bit of a conflict between the stuff we have to do, which you might think is work stuff, and the stuff we want to do, which is personal stuff. But actually, there is a little bit more to it because arguably the stuff that you have to do may also be the stuff that you want to do. And uh, some people out there may love their job and they may want to just get better at it and do more of it. And I know a lot of people will think about exercise as something they have to do. And some people will think about exercise as a negative thing. But in, in what you do, you not only help people with physical fitness you also help people with their mental approach their wider life stuff um, how they fit that all into having a busy life um have i got that right have i described what you do relatively accurately
0: yeah yeah the, the ideal picture of, of what i do yeah i mean it, essentially it's it, people come for personal training so you, i always got to make sure i abide by that they wouldn't quite like it if i <laughs> they came for to exercise and we sat down on the sofa and talked about their life for <laughs> an hour. I always, I always say that, you know, when you talk about weight loss, they, you have the common, um, formula uh, is, is, uh, calories in calories out. So to lose weight, you need to eat less calories than you expend. Mm-hmm. Well, in the grand scale scale of things, yes, it, it is, but there's a whole myriad of stuff around it that influences your decisions about what you what and how much you eat. Okay. The reason being is because we're part of a system. The act of the act of eating is part of a system that's that involves your life. And so the 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 things that happen before that that decision of what and how you're going to eat uh is, is a large factor. So while someone is coming for uh, personal training in order to lose weight, get fitter, um, improve their back pain, and and things like that. It, that's that's almost the the front face of what you see, but behind behind it all is a whole array of decisions, influences, and um, beliefs, values, everything mixed in together. Uh, and then, what comes out of it is, I want to lose weight. I want to improve my back pain, and so the the notion of what you're going to do, that person's going to do, um, in order to uh, um, improve those, is largely influenced by the same thing. So, so by me, by me talking to them about various uh, about about um, you know what they do in the day, what their family is. Uh, what they think about this, what they think about that, what they've done in that week, you know, it starts to build a picture okay. and then whilst, when you are aware of that picture, then you can start to help influence it in some way. So for example, uh, a guy came to me once and, um, he was a managing director of a plumbing company and, hmm. uh, he, uh, his wife, I think sent him, uh, which is never a great start. Uh, <laughs> but he was, he was open-minded. He was an open-minded guy. Um, uh, and, and so we, uh, so he wants us to lose weight and, and uh, exercise. So the first thing was okay. like, what, what do you tend to to eat? And he said, you know, I have pack Crisp every day. We have takeaway on a Friday, um, the usual stuff. Yeah. So rather than saying, right, what you need to do is a meal plan, you know, follow it. Uh, and then if you follow it, you'll, um, you'll lose weight, uh, I, I said, well, what what can we do with your with your crisps that we could um, that we could agree on? Uh, and so we agreed that he's going to have one pack of crisps a day, uh, a week. Sorry. And so we started with that, and then what, when he was doing that, and in, in amongst all the uh, personal training, and um, he started to lose weight. Then you start the momentum, and then you start to uh, and then you start to build on that momentum to the point that. A year later, we introduce fasting. There's three aspects of fasting where some would see the more extreme version of being a 24 hour fast, mm-hmm. um, once or twice a week. He, when I explained the fasting options, he chose a 24 hour one. Now, if at the very first session I I said, right, we're, um, we're gonna do a 24 hour fast one day a week, he would, he would probably say no and he probably wouldn't have done it yeah. but through that generative change he he a year in he was able to, he was able to say i'm going to do that i'm going to do a year, i'm going to do a 24-hour fast once a week and he did it and he got he got um benefit from that and that's now in order for us to agree upon that we had to develop a relationship between a trainer and client and part of that involved me knowing more about his life and so so when I encounter personal training it's it's looking at the person's whole life to be able to influence their whole life rather than just about movement
1: okay you um when we've talked before you've talked about things like um how people breathe um how much sleep they get what else is going on in their life they're sleeping what got you into this world why do you do this why do you do this (laughs)
0: Well, per- personally, I, I, you yeah, know, was always into fitness and exercise, so I, I've always done, uh, I did football, and then I, I'm, I'm done, and I'm doing martial arts, and, uh, and I did sports science at university, and okay. uh, and the natural progression from that uh, after, after um, the mind numbing uh boredom of admin work after university was um to become a a personal trainer Uh, i say mind numbing boring but it actually actually opened my eyes to you know just listening to you know office workers and talking uh, hearing them talk about diets and hear about talk about their you know their mindset so it was a good good observation of such so it was a good experience to be part of, of that world um, uh, but then I became a personal trainer, and um, uh, on top of that, I done uh, hypnotherapy and um, trained in NLP, neurolinguistic linguistic programming, mm-hmm. and I uh, interest in psychology and uh, a nutritionist as well. Trained as a nutritionist, so it's almost like ticking as, as, as uh, all of those boxes, and then bringing it all together mm. to um, to try to um, create a, a service that that is slightly different to maybe like your uh uh some other personal trainer and uh and so when the the independent gym that i worked from it was associated closely with physiotherapists as well so we were very much in um in favor of of movement rather than exercise and improving someone's movement to be able to help prevent or reduce injury and uh, where we were based it was uh, amongst a lot of law firms so i trained a lot of senior senior lawyers um but also junior lawyers and what was good about that is is you can almost create the timeline uh between when the lawyer first starts and then see where they can end up and looking at the different issues that they fir- face from a physiological perspective so uh you can see that you know when they when they start as a as a new graduate as a junior lawyer yeah. um you know so quite young in the in the mid to late twenties and then a senior partner in his uh you know forty five upwards with mm-hmm. with lower back pain, the pressures of it's usually three kids it's normally always three kids um <laughs> and uh you know a private school and and, and all of those things and they're traveling a lot and um and lawyers about very much relationship management so they're always, always out late and things like that so yeah. so you see that timeline and you see what happens with the body and and uh that that's a good education to see see what what happens there
1: now you're talking about it i mean we've got three kids actually between between us and uh i think it's I think it's fascinating that you would not think of things like exercise or training in isolation to everything else, but how those things join up and there's a there's a there's a huge amount of overlap between lots of the subjects we've covered in previous episodes because uh, recently we did an episode on work life balance
0: mm.
1: and actually we were we were identifying this kind of misnomer really that 's the conclusion we came to that the the aim of trying to find work-life balance is actually not very helpful because when you dig into it and, and you say to someone, well, well, what do you mean by work-life balance? you Straight away, it suggests there's a conflict between how I feel about life when I'm doing the work stuff and how I feel about life when I'm doing the life stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, we looked at um, a few different TED presentations that were always good value and kind of came to the conclusion that actually really – it is all life. You've got to take a step back and say, actually, you know. And, and here we're we're fans of um, long term goal setting. In fact, I've just changed jobs recently. I'm I'm a, a freelance trainer now, and I've always and I've been in learning and development uh, for a, for a, for a, a long time. I love it. I love helping people get better at stuff. So I did I did my sort of annual review. Where I just take a step back and say, okay, where am I going to be in two years and five years, and what has to happen to get there? And breaking that down into little stages. And I do think it's really useful to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and start to think about how those things, the relationships that the different things have with each other and how doing doing regular exercise can make you feel about work and equally Mm. how your working day can make you feel about exercise. I mean, you must have examples there of where the approach you've taken has helped people where just focusing on the physical side wouldn't necessarily have worked. You tend to find that in
0: someone that is very close to burnout uh so okay. uh you have someone that's wired and it's quite good it's quite good actually a tale of two It's it's quite a tale of two lawyers who who you know they're in the same place in, in their workplace where some one of them never missed an appointment where the other one was constantly missing an appointment, and the one that never missed an appointment they never missed an appointment because they they saw it as a resource to um, their work, it so it gave them energy. Whereas the other one saw it as a distraction and such, and so mm-hmm. they had to cancel Wednesday. But when they, when someone's close to burnout, exercise is stress on the body. It is a stressor. So right. that for that person, uh, they either need to step back and, and you know reassess what, what's going on in their life normally their one-way ticket to to at least come going off work for a period of time or learn to slow down uh their exercise because obviously if they're in a state where they're, they're they're constantly going like under mile an hour more than likely they tend to want their exercise to be under a mile an hour so mm-hmm. that so you so you you need to start to guide them towards some slowing it down a little bit but you know the whole notion of work-life balance is a is a is a bit of misnomer as such and because in the same way that when you talk about chasing happiness you know those that chase happiness very rarely find happiness um and those that that um almost create their life in the way that they want to uh, see, have happiness as a byproduct in the same way confidence confident when you try to um try to create confidence doesn't always happen it's it's only until you look at what the components of happiness are sorry confidence are that confidence comes as a byproduct as a as a result um that i can either be in the competency of of what you're doing the work which means that you're confident in your work or if you're uh if you're confident socially tends to be as a result of doing a lot of social activities not trying to be confident and so, work-life balance, for a large part, is is a, is a misnomer because, for a large part, they're they're trying to chase work-life balance rather than trying to create the components that will where the default will be work-life balance. Yeah, and I think a lot of people thought that will be thought that would be the case when COVID hit, and so they started to work from home. And although it's certainly given more people flexibility. So more people, for example, are able to book sessions during the day uh, for, for PT, a lot more than what they previously did. Uh, it was always a nightmare trying to you know, get people at the beginning and end of the day. And, and uh, when you had a client that could uh, have a session during the day, it was almost like the golden <laughs> the golden client. But the, this notion of work-life balance, you have to try and not make it a thing that you're trying to chase. It's, you've got to create it as such for a large part you're not always in control of, of that. So that can take time. Like if you, you're not always in control of what shifts you can do or, or how your, how your work is created, especially with the lawyers, uh, for example, it, it can become a trap because if you're on a couple of hundred grand a year and you're trying to create a work life balance, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're not always going to um, quit your job because you've got to make up that monthly income uh you're not always if you're in a relationship management business which essentially law is uh you've still got a lot of responsibilities so this can take time uh and so it, 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 for a large part of work life balance can be all about patience more than anything yeah. yeah patience in in creating what you want um and it's not always going to come overnight in the same way your health doesn't come overnight and that that can be an issue it you know what i call the are we there yet? Mentality. You know, you, you say you want something, and you're like, Am I there? Yeah, am I there yet? Well, it this can this can take time as a cumulative effect.
1: Yeah. And and I also think that um your outlook on life, you, you talked there about chasing happiness, and um my personal view is that is that many of us focus on the gap. Um, we focus on what we haven't achieved, we focus on the difference between where we are and where we want to be as opposed to actually focusing on what we have achieved what we have succeeded and and my view is that if you if you want to understand a little bit about what happiness is about it it is actually about focusing on 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 what you have achieved and and the movement you've um you've made whether it's in exercise health fitness work whatever rather than um rather than you not being where you where you want to be so this must be—I mean—it must be a tremendously rewarding pastime, life, lifestyle. How would you describe what you do? Because it—it doesn't—it doesn't—it sounds a lot more than just a job. It sounds like a vocation, and and actually, presumably, you live your life in the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I mean, I—I I always say, like, what other what other profession do you
1: get to spend
0: an hour with someone where you can you can you know help them with exercise, but also find out about their life uh, you don't get that with a gp yeah. uh, and um you don't you don't always get that with a, with a therapist because you're very uh, if you go with a therapist it might be a, a single modality that you're working on so with personal training especially the way that i do personal training is that yeah from a holistic perspective you do find out a lot like you you, you end up uh, clients end up sharing quite a lot uh, in, in that way and, and as a result you you can you can in some way work to give them more than than just the exercise you can kind of help them with you know with so with if they've got certain troubles in their life not not like uh, psychological troubles but mm-hmm. uh, you know problems that they might might talk through and you can fr- provide an outside perspective because someone might say Oh, um, it's good that you can I can speak in that about that because if I speak to a family member, they're invested in the other person that you know they know the other person, so they they have a certain bias. So you have that. So it is is rewarding in that sense, but it's also rewarding because you know I'm interested in in, in this area of, of health, you know, psychology, nutrition, and this kind of works. This this works um, all of these. But I'm also interested in business and uh, interested in in you know current affairs and and the people that i tend to work with you know they're in business they're busy professionals so they have it they tend to have an interest in those areas so we uh, have a lot to talk about and uh and in amongst that you know i'm helping them with their health which is and and sometimes you've got to hold the space for them because they don't always have the belief that they can they can do something so someone someone doesn't always come in and and uh and 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 say i want to lose weight or uh, and you're like, and they're like, yeah. And I know I can lose weight. Sometimes it's, it's, I want to lose weight or I want to get fitter, but I failed a lot in the past. Uh, and they don't always say that explicitly. They might say it implicitly. Uh, and so it, that that's where the coaching aspect is. It's it's it is that notion sometimes where you know you you you're like a pilot and you're constantly going off course, and you and you're kind of guiding bring guiding back them back. Yeah, and they and, and so they're 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 talking about something. You're, you're you're trying to reframe it back so you can kind of bring them back to thinking in a way where they're more likely to achieve yeah. what they want to achieve. And so, yeah, you know, that that comes from the psychology, like not n- listening to their language. I had a great one the other week. You know, you said the person said, you know, it feels like I'm in a cell. Yeah, and um and then when I asked them, you know, where where do you see yourself in in six months or so, and they're like, Well, I, I can't see that far forward in the pa- in, in the future. Well, it's no surprise if you see yourself in a cell. You know? Yeah. And you know, not being able to recognise that, you know, that that, uh, that holds a large part of, of, of their problem and being able to problem solve that then and, and try to and try to break it down into a smaller piece that they are able to to manage um is is rewarding aspect to it as well
1: i bet um so given that you i know you're very busy because you had clients this morning when you finished when we finish, you're going to go off to other clients how do you manage your time how how do you make sure you're productive what disciplines have you got in place
0: well i wouldn't say i'm the most productive person in the world in
1: terms of
0: you know i get stuff done obviously uh but the uh, you know, in terms of responsi- other responsibilities, uh, I'm I'm at an age where I, I don't have kids and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's it, but a list is a big factor. Uh, yep. I, 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 I'm very aware that if I don't have a list, uh, I use that to-do list, is it to-do list.com? I think. Yeah. Um, I use that. I, I I'm also very, I also enjoy just browsing stuff, like stuff that I'm interested in, but just browsing, going from uh, Wikipedia to a website to this, and I was like, "Oh, I could maybe buy that and things like that." So I, I got to keep focused by having a, a list of what I need to do that day. And because the, the notion of clients might be in the in like in the morning, and then I come back, and then I've got another client a couple of hours later. You know, really making use of that time. So I, I started up a YouTube channel, for example. So. You know that that's a new skill that I have to develop. So, wow. uh, you know, filming that, editing that, sending it off to the actual editor, then, and doing bloody thumbnails and all all that <laughs> stuff, and then and then trying to promote it and, and stuff like that takes a lot of time. So it's finding, it's breaking those the, those tasks down, and then being able to pull it into a a a, a, a to do list of sorts, and then uh, and then being able to act that out. Uh, so some call that task decomposition you have a big task and then you can break it down mm-hmm. to be able to put it into manageable pieces and then and then you know work go through it one by one by one until it's completed and then you can do that you know the next day so I do that um quite a bit
1: so that's really interesting because you you started off by saying I'm not the most productive person and then you've just described something that most people don't do which is it was in most people, a lot of people, a lot of people that struggle with getting everything done in the day, getting, getting things sorted. Don't take the time to look at the task and say, OK, let me break that down into its component pieces and focus on its component pieces. Um, mm. So if you've got to sort a gift out for your mum for a birthday or Auntie Mabel or whoever it is, just writing down, sort out Auntie Mabel's gift. That's not actually a clear definition of the actions you've got to take the actions you've got to take are research what gift you want to get go and buy it wrap it up post it give it to her or however you're going to present it so by breaking things down to their discrete components and then being clear about what are the actual things I can do with my hands arms legs mouth head whatever that's the trick that's the trick that lots of people miss out on they have this nebulous idea that there is something I have to do Sort birthday or clear garage or um, sort car, Mm. but actually don't take the time to stop and think about, okay, so what are the pieces? And then by focusing on the pieces, um, then you get progress. So, um, so you are. The funny
0: thing is when you, yeah, the funny thing is when you're working with clients that you you notice different um, mindsets. So, for example, you could have a project manager that is, is. is perfectly able to break stuff down, yes. But then wants to, but when then wants to um, lose three stone in in a month, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and you and you realize that they they see it as a big, like a big thing yes. that they have to achieve, and they unless they broke it down and and presented that time frame and and, and seeing where that is, or you'll have someone that that hasn't really. Learn the skill set of solving problems, so that their their idea that their ability to think through an issue hasn't been nurtured in a way. So when it, when they get to a, an issue of oh, I haven't lost as much as I wanted to. Right, mm-hmm. well, what you can, what can we do next? Oh, I don't know. And that don't know is a, is a is a block. It's like a threshold to their to their thinking. As such, because once it, when they've encountered a problem before, it, they, that's the point where they've either given up or, or said "sod it, I'm, I'm going to you know, binge" eat, or whatever. And, and so you recognise when, when you're talking to someone where their threshold of thinking is, and so, and so that, that, ability, that ability then stops them from breaking something down and going right, okay, what are the component pieces of this,
1: <laughs> and,
0: uh, and, and going and, and then working from there you know taking a step back going laterally um going through and, and, and things like that so so the ability to and that's why I think like you know the ability to, the ability to think is is um is a is a fantastic skill to to nurture, but because we all think in some capacity in the same way that we, that we all breathe in some capacity it's never seen as something that something needs to be worked on uh and and it definitely does because you've got a recognize that the components required to you know solve a problem go from a to b uh say this is this is like that
1: hmm.
0: yeah so the, uh, what you've done previously can help you what you've done in, in what you do now that's why i use jiu as a as a metaphor a lot of the times because because okay. it's it, or driving because it can help you See that this problem you're facing is something you've encountered before, and 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 there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to most problems, and and so that gives you and puts you in a state of mind to be able to solve that problem. Then, yeah.
1: What you just said there really interests me. Actually, that idea of things like breathing, for example, which I'd imagine most people have the view that is a fairly instinctive action but how much more powerful it can be when you think about how you're breathing and actually take time to apply some thought to it instead of just doing what you think happens instinctively um we talked before about the the, the power of um of, of thinking about where in the body you're breathing from and so on just say a little bit about that yeah
0: so on my when i when i see clients for the first time i will uh Ask them to lie down, face uh, find a spot in the ceiling, and just take five deep breaths. And and what that allows me to see is is where they're breathing from. Are they breathing all through the mouth or or through the nostrils, uh, and where where their body raises when they inhale? And for a lot of people, I'm talking about nine, eight nine out of ten people, uh, they breathe from the chest. Now, if you look at a baby um, breathing when they're sleeping, they'll breathe from the diaphragm. That's that is the correct way of breathing, breathing from the diaphragm. Now, when someone breathes from the chest, they uh, they have a sh- uh, they breathe very shallowly, so they'll inhale um, quite shallow and then they'll exhale quite quickly. Uh, now, the exhale is largely related to what's known as the parasympathetic nervous system, so it's rest and digest. It's if you if you ever do any like uh, meditation exercises or or um or relaxation exercises. They tend to say to elongate the breath. But if you're not able to breathe properly, you're not able to elongate the breath because you haven't taken in enough oxygen to be able to then exhale. So, um, so we practice to um, expand the diaphragm as you're breathing in. As you breathe in, you expand the diaphragm. Now that then allows you to be able to um, comfortably exhale in an elongated way. What it also does, though, is a fundamental part of core stability is the ability to co-contract your muscles around your spine. And they only co-contract when you're able to expand the diaphragm. So breathing is a massively important thing. But as one client said to me, uh, oh, you're just going to tell me to breathe. And it's like, so because we do it so so naturally it's almost thrown off i mean up until maybe like a couple of years up until wim Hof came out (laughs) with his wim Hof method and um james Nestor came out with the breathe book and um and you know in some aspects of mindfulness meditation no one really paid attention to breathing to be honest it's only in the last two years that it's become more popular and um and so, it it, it is, so it's massively important uh, because it helps it helps regulate your blood pressure, helps you get into a relaxed state. It helps um, it helps in in regards to your fitness, um, in meditation they tend to start uh, uh, in terms of breathing as your anchor point, yeah. um, being aware of your breathing, and so being able to have. Um, practice of breathing uh, is, is a is a fundamental part of um, physical health yeah. and mental health uh, essentially. Um, so so I, I tend to have that as as an important aspect.
1: Something that seems to be a fairly common um, thread through what you're talking about is this idea of paying attention to things that your average person takes for granted. You've talked about breathing you've talked about we talked about sleeping um obviously you, you focus on nutrition another area that that I'm always interested in is relationships and relationships with people because a, a few years ago Lisa and I decided to she finally cracked and I uh and <laughs> managed to convince her that we should have a weekly meeting and uh, her view was that um why do we have to have a weekly meeting? That's that's a work thing. Why why do we need to have a weekly meeting? Yeah. And actually, um, we now have a, a Sunday afternoon usually a conversation where we we think about how the last week's gone. We think about how we have interacted with each other. What's been great? What's been less great? Um, who's cooking what when in the coming weeks? So there's lots of practical stuff. Who's home? Who's out? Who's away? Um, where are the kids? That kind of stuff. Because actually. If you get those things sorted, then there is time for your relationship to flourish. Mm. Whereas actually, if you don't sort out those basics, if you don't sort out those practical things, then your relationship becomes a victim of your life. It becomes a victim of how stressed and frenetic and everything else is. And there is no time for the relationship. And we've learned, particularly over the last couple of years where we've started to do this a a bit more robustly um, each week, Taking the time to just stop and think about your relationship and what's worked, what hasn't worked, what's coming up in this next week, what do we need to think about, and so on. It's massively impactful in an area that some people think, well, if the relationship's any good, it should just be good on its own. I, I shouldn't have to, to put any work into it. And we all know you do need to put work into it. And I think the idea of paying attention to things that we might take for granted, uh, we talked in a, in an episode recently about the Matthew Walker book about sleep, same Mm. thing, you know, how powerful sleep is and how much impact it has on your life. I think it's great that these, these, these areas are starting to be talked about and, 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 you know, they're not considered to be niche or unusual or different. Um, and, and they have massive impact and clearly (laughs) you're focusing on them and you're having success with them
0: there's something there's something known in in um
1: in in
0: um physical fitness called gpp which is general physical preparedness and then if you if you're into a sports team you'll have something called spp which is specific physical preparedness uh, and so when i when i see clients i I always come with the idea of this general physical preparedness so if you want and the way i describe it is if you want to be in a situation that if you need to lift something, you can lift it. If mm-hmm. you need to run, you can run. If you need to, if you need to jump, you, you're able to jump. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be wondering mm-hmm. or hoping that you can do it when the time comes for you to do it. And it's, it, it I mean, it's happened with this, uh, brought more home to, in regards to the COVID factor mm-hmm. is that you don't know what's around the corner mm-hmm. uh, and you don't like, you don't know um, who it is going to be predominantly most vulnerable to. Uh, unfortunately, mm. in this COVID, it, it, it's targeted mostly the, the the older generation and people that are obese and, and largely overweight. Yeah. And in my opinion, with regards to talking about health and, and uh, immunity and things like that, you're the best thing you can do is just have this general physical preparedness. And It's the same what you're talking about in in your relationship with the meetings. Uh, You could say that that's the, that's the, you could call that general relationship preparedness in the sense of when you have that framework, like that meeting, if something arises, is if your, if your, if your bath suddenly falls through the ceiling, uh, hopefully it doesn't, but if it does, you have that framework already in place in your relationship to be able to solve that problem already. Whereas if you if you never talked, if you if you came home one day, you you go upstairs, your wife goes downstairs, and you and you never talk, and then the bathroom comes through the ceiling. You're like, right? So who's dealing with this then? Uh, yes. Right? So uh, like, where's where's the bills? Or you know what? Where, who's repairing this? So yeah. it it starts to solve a lot more problems. Sorry, it solves a lot more problems before they even happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so when I when I see clients, when I work with clients and the general approach to things is if you can have this increased level of general physical preparedness, then things become a lot easier in life. And then you can you can free up, like you say, free up the thing, your brain power to do the things that you want to do uh, in order to. And, you know, that as a result of that, you become less stressed uh you're, you're becoming healthier because you're because uh you know you're you're exercising more but you don't feel like it's a strain to exercise you don't feel like it's a, it, it's you know you can't do it you you just do it uh, and so when a problem does arise you're a lot more confident to be able to solve it because you have all these examples of previous times where you where you have solved problems quite
1: easily fantastic it's fantastic i I was listening to um, a a podcast earlier on today and and it was um, uh, David Allen's GTD and he was talking about GTD for creative people and Mm. this idea that having a system or a structure in place, some creative people think it's anathema. They think that it's going to dampen my creativity. It's going to take away my spontaneity. But actually it's opening up to the fact that if you have a system in place or you have a structure in place, that then puts you in a position where you have the free space to have the spontaneity, mm. to have the creativity, and as you've said there, you know the framework that you have in place. So then you know how to deal with the bath falling through your ceiling. I really mm. hope none of our listeners have a bath fall through their ceiling. No, it's obviously Aaron, that's your fault. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, having that system in place is uh, super helpful because it then frees you up to be able to think about the important things.
0: Um well the 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 guy that has the podcast um uh, Jocko Willink uh yes. he, he, the, the tagline he has is is discipline is freedom and, and that's what that's essentially his premise is the idea that if you have the discipline then that then you have the freedom to be able to do other stuff because you know the stuff that you need to do is done at a time that you that of your choosing and so that frees up your frees up your time frees up your mind and with creatives, one of the problems with cre- one of the issues that a lot of creators have is that uh, my my brain's just buzzing all the time, hmm. uh, and then I try to get to sleep and I can't turn my brain off. <sighs> Whereas if you look at if you look at Stephen King, for example, here uh, you look at his routine. It's I go into the room at nine o'clock. I put the music on. I write to twelve o'clock, and then I'm done. Right. Now he's prolific in his writing because he's yeah. got that structure. And when he goes into that room, he knows that he's writing. Now he might get, he might have ideas outside of that time, and maybe he has a notebook. A lot of creative people do have notebooks uh, where they write down ideas. But he he's disciplined in the sense that he knows that time is the time that I'm writing. Outside of that, I'll, I'll write the idea, but I'll write, I'll, I'll add to it in that nine to twelve period. Yeah. Um whereas you might have someone else is like, oh, I'm writing, I'm gonna sit down now, but I can't think of anything else to write I can't think of anything to write, uh, and things like that. Um, and then you know, the Seinfeld chain method, you know, um, where it is like, well, just write something to, to continue the chain. So even if it's a sentence, then then you break down. And that uh, that um goes into exercise as well. A lot of people when they think about exercise, they think about in their head, they have it framed as An hour and a half, sweating profusely, and has to be at the gym. Whereas you could do a workout. You could do a workout the last ten minutes in your house, in a space of the size of a yoga mat. And it's just the ability to be able to have that flexibility. But then that gives you the the discipline to be able to have your session and then get on with get on with the rest of your day. And so all these things come together then, and that, that again goes back to how you think about the situation and then how you solve the problem whatever issues that come up to be able to um do it and then get on with your the rest of your life
1: um i've just been making notes while we've been talking you you have talked about so much interesting stuff and such a diverse range um some of the things we've talked about so far are thinking about what you pay attention to whether it's your breath whether it's relationship whether it's your diet you talked about the challenges of a project manager who um, struggles to take the steps they would take at work in their personal life to to lose three stone yeah gpp and spp general physical preparedness, preparedness and spp yeah. was specific physical specific preparedness. physical preparedness yeah. and then we got on to that conversation about i like grp general relationship preparedness Did you, have <laughs> so you just invented that just, just came up with it okay came listen it. we're having out. that that's, a, that's become a registered <laughs> trademark of Aaron and sharp podcast um but having that a framework done with that <laughs> having a framework which then frees you up to do the stuff that's important you said that uh those people that chase happiness rarely find happiness and actually if you try to create confidence it doesn't happen it happens as a byproduct of doing other things so confidence comes as a byproduct of being social it comes as a byproduct Mm. of focusing on your competencies you talked about discipline being freedom we've talked about crisps we talked about uh stephen king and seinfeld's approach to getting things done stephen king three hours a day music on 9 till 12 seinfeld it's a chain just do something just write anything and keep it keep it keep it going and then you've talked about how you get stuff done by Taking your task and breaking them down into component elements and, and just delivering those elements. Uh, you talked about language. That's a really amazing story of someone feeling like they are in a cell. And when you ask them where they're going to be in six months, they can't even see that. That's that's phenomenal. We've talked about breathing. We've talked about um, James Nestor's book, Breath. Um, lots of other resources referred to, which I'll put links in the show notes. Keith Johnson, Jocko Willink. What, what haven't I asked you that I should have asked you?
0: Well, I, I would have said what uh, what socks am I wearing, but you asked that at the beginning, so I, I can't say that. Um, I guess what, what what my future plans are. Maybe that might be a might oh, be okay. good one. <laughs>
1: yeah. What are your future plans, Aaron?
0: Well, I uh, I, I plan on uh, uh, doing more online stuff in okay. the future. Uh So I've got a website called uh, Fit by Health. Um. So that's more my online things and, and try and create programs around that there's already one um called stressless on there which is to, uh, almost like a three-stage approach to handling stress in a more yeah. effective way and i'm looking to do an um an online pt um program which is um, called the health protocol um and that's that's essentially looking at initially weight loss but i ultimately looking to transition from that weight loss mindset over to more of a what i call a health nurture mindset but when i when i surveyed a lot of people uh you know because the common issue that, that uh, a lot of people face in weight loss is emotional eating um okay. and and so getting over emotional eating is one thing but the person still wants to lose weight um yeah. so first stage is about losing weight but um, you know dealing somewhat with the emotional eating and then then we go to the weight maintenance stage because that doesn't get talked about that much it, you know you you lose weight and then what tends to happen is that you go back to the old habits and then you gain weight again Yeah. Uh, so building on that that weight maintenance stage and then moving on to a health nurture mindset where your focus is more on creating health seeking behaviors and and mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, being less focus on on the weight uh, and more focus on creating health and building health and nurturing health so that's an online program that i am I'm, I'm looking to create and and um have somewhat unpopular views on mental health and uh, and, uh, and and uh, and body positivity and i say unpopular they're, they're more like things that you know that are different to the the body positivity activists and things like that so yeah. so surveying my way through social media I guess
1: <laughs> here's a question for you that's just dropped into my head I'm really interested in your view what is your view on willpower
0: it's something that that is over-relying on and whilst you may want uh, may require a little bit of it at the beginning stages, if you're relying on in the later stages, it means that you haven't created a habit as such. Because if you go back to the old, if you go back to the old, like the the, the framework of of willpower, uh, where the the marshmallow test, hmm. uh, if you if you Just tell us what
1: that, that marshmallow test for anybody
0: that isn't. Sure so the marshmallow is. test was pr- predominantly done um, conducted on on children. They said yeah. uh, and they had a child on a, at a table and they said, "Here's a marshmallow. If you, if I'm going out of the room and if you haven't eaten it by the time I get back, you can have two, yeah. uh, two marshmallows." And uh, and so and then they basically filmed the children and and how and saw what they did and compared. Then the kids that were able to resist uh, eating the marshmallow, and those that didn't, and then trialed them through through their life and saw where they ended up to, to a certain extent. And it is basically the premise between delayed and instant gratification. It, with with willpower, it's also state dependent because if I'm um, if I have to do some tasks in the morning, I might be able to do those tasks in the morning. But if I've had a long day where I've been stuck in traffic for the last hour and come back and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then I need to do this task, I might mug it off for, it, for a day. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I have low uh, willpower or does that mean I have or, or I've just had a bad day? So, but it tends to be a rationale for for something like I failed on my diet because I have low willpower. Mm-hmm. Now. The problem with that statement is that it puts a full stop on on that on on your rationale of why you failed on the diet, but it could because you haven't got a strategy or you or you picked a strategy that that doesn't fit within your lifestyle mm. so it it doesn't it doesn't tell a full story when someone talks about willpower uh, and it's more about looking at the context of which you've wanted willpower for. And the framework of which you've tried to, I don't know, solve a problem or or achieve something. Mm. Uh, so it's more of a it's more of a distraction, more than anything, willpower, uh, because it's something that, oh, they have willpower, but I don't. Uh, mm. and they did that because they have better willpower. Whereas more of a case of initially it's about how you're framing the issue, and then through time it's about whether you've set up a habit to do do it in efficient in an efficient way. Because willpower requires brain power, whereas habit is more um, is is more. It requires less energy because you've done it so often. Yeah,
1: and you don't know what you don't know, do you? So actually, for people that are, um, are th- throughout my life, I've had various stints of 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 not drinking alcohol, and uh, uh, I'm now at the end of June, at the end of eighteen months with no alcohol at all, and the reason that I've Um, gone for such a long period of time without drinking alcohol this time around is um, three things really Uh, my frame of mind um, I was clear about my strategy and I understood Mm. my habits and those three things were different to all the occasions I've I've tried to stop drinking alcohol before because um, it's previously I've just thought it's about willpower now I'm not I'm not advocating that anybody has to stop drinking alcohol or should. That's my, my lifestyle choice. But the point is that the difference is that actually what your frame of mind is like, are you clear about your strategy, which usually relates to having, you know, more than one tool in the toolbox to help you and understanding habits and how habits work. I found to be significantly more helpful in changing an element of my lifestyle than good old fashioned willpower. Uh, well, I had are... a, a, a
0: one of my clients is, is a former alcoholic. Well wow. he'll say he's, he's a current alcoholic, but he, he hasn't drunk <laughs> in twenty years. So yeah. um, I have a different opinion with with alcoholics and all those things. So, um, yeah. but it, it, I asked him the other week. So, if would you ever have a drink to see what it's like? And he was like, "No, yeah. because uh, I know that if I have it." Yeah, it's it is, yeah it's like in Anthony Kiedis' book he says uh, you know I went to the dentist I, I was I was clean for 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 ages I went to the dentist they gave me Novocaine. and within an hour I was in a in, a, in, a, in an archway buying drugs wow. and it, it, it's that kind of is that kind of um thing so uh, now that's not willpower that's no. him having a very rigid strategy
1: yeah.
0: some would say as a protection mechanism. Uh, and 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 habitually, he, the habit, the habit is him doing something else other than drinking. Yeah. Uh, and so, for a large part, if you convert that round to fitness, someone that is has a habit of fitness, they set up their life. So, fitness is a non-entity. It is it, it's, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you when you haven't exercised before. And you're trying to incorporate fitness into your life. It is it requ- it requires what some people might say is willpower, but what is more a case of is the old habit at that stage is more familiar than the new habit that you're trying to create. And so you have to schedule exercise in until it becomes a habit, and then it becomes a no brainer. You suddenly find the time to exercise because hmm. that's part of part of what you're what you're doing. And so that—that's what I mean by saying initially what someone might describe as willpower is required, but you're doing something wrong if you're still requiring willpower, you know, a year later or two years later. Yeah, yeah.
1: Fantastic. That sounds like a great subject to bring us to uh, close on. Um, can I ask you, please, to shamelessly plug all of your social media, your websites, your publications? Where can people find you and find out more about you? Uh, so there's the there's fitbyhealth.com. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so that's and then there's the Fit by Health YouTube channel, which is just starting, just starting up really, but um, so I'm, okay. I'm building on that. And then there's Aaron Morton, CEO, which is the Instagram, uh, and then there's the Fit by Health
1: Facebook group, okay. uh, which is again is just starting out, but you know building as we go. Fantastic! I shall put all of those links in the show notes so everyone can come and find you, and uh, hopefully you can help even more people have fewer crisps in their life, amongst other things. I don't I know Let's so. onto crisps. A, I think.
0: Well, don't don't disregard <laughs> it completely, but you know, just uh, have a strategy around it.
1: <laughs> have a crisp strategy. I think there's a there's a title for the episode that Aaron um, Crisp Strategy. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, it's good. They'll probably think it's an acronym
1: for something. But (laughs) Aaron, thank you ever so much for spending time. You've covered so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really, really grateful. You're welcome. Hope hope uh, your audience finds value in it. They definitely will. They definitely will. Thanks for your time. Take care, Aaron. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye. So that was Aaron Morton. I hope you enjoyed our ramble. I think it was a Really great value conversation, actually, and hopefully you got loads out of it. Now, as you can probably tell, I'm not in the garage anymore. I'm back in the booth. So I mentioned there's going to be like a bit of an announcement at the end. Um, Not a great big thing, but I just wanted to keep you updated. You might know that I've set up a business called SON Development, and I'm working really hard to make that a success. For anyone that's interested, I provide face-to-face or remote learning and development, consultancy services to businesses that need help and support in areas like coaching, performance management, customer service, and loads more. If you're interested, you can have a look at the website. It's SONdevelopment.com. But what's this got to do with the podcast, I hear you ask? Well, I set Sharp Podcast up as an informal way of helping you get some ideas, get some resource, and get some support to help you get better at stuff. Now, I'm providing that support to people more directly, and I guess in a more formal way through SON Development, and I'm going to be creating courses and my own resource to help people, and all of that stuff, that's, it's a business, it's going to be chargeable, it's part of the day job, and I need to find a way of blending together what we do here at Sharp Podcast with what I'm doing over at SON Development. Now, I don't really know yet how the format or the content of the podcast will evolve, but I do know that it's going to be linked to SON development as a way of people getting free access to some of the content that I've recorded so far, things that you've already had the benefit of. And then for those people that want to invest some time and some money in courses or some digital support, then I'll be actively promoting those solutions on here too. Now, I'm not sure what that means in terms of the regularity of the podcast or how the content will evolve. It might not change much at all, but I wanted to give you, my loyal listener, a heads up so that you're not surprised when things change and the presence of SON development becomes a bit more obvious. Imagine, it's like having a sponsor, I guess. It's that kind of thing. Anyway, I'll keep you posted. And I promise that in the not-too-distant future, there'll be at least one more Lisa and Steve at the kitchen table to look forward to. Anyway, that's enough for now. Um, I'll be releasing something before the end of the year, that's for sure. And in the meantime, don't forget, there's 74 other episodes available, covering loads of stuff to help you get better at the things you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the things that you want to do. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope that you enjoyed what you've just listened to. Have a look at the show notes for the episode. They're at sharppodcast.com, one word, two Ps. And there you'll see the links, resources that we used, and there's reminders there to help you get better at what we talked about. So now this is where you can help us. You can share our episodes on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at sharppodcast, one word, two Ps. And another free way you can support is to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your Podcatcher app. Thanks for your help. It's really appreciated. Bye-bye.